welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So we've been talking uh, through the book of Proverbs or uh, from the book of Proverbs, Words of Wisdom. This is our series, our summer series, short phrases uh, with a long-term impact in this uh, book. Uh, and uh, as you've probably heard uh, a couple of weeks ago, Byron shared and I listened to his message, gave a bit of background about the fact that it's mainly written by Solomon. But of course, like all the scriptures, under the supernatural spiritual Holy Ghost anointed influence of God. And um, Ruth's already shared a little story about how it's always good to learn new things and she discovered the new rooms in the art gallery. This is my little version of that that I wanted you to be blessed with. Does anyone know what these are? Now, just for those who are listening to the audio, I'm holding up four plastic pieces about the biggest as your hand with foam on the other side. I had no idea what these were, and they've changed my life. The, these, this is a revelation. You got to, you, you, listen, a week ago, I, I didn't even know what they were, never seen them, you know, and then in the last few days, I've discovered how amazing these little fellas are. We had some carpet um, ch- change, got new carpet, and the carpet installers came along with these Furniture sliders. Now, I have moved furniture. I haven't hidden myself away. I've been around. I've moved plenty of furniture for years and decades of different houses and helping people, pianos included, and I'd never seen these. And they are amazing. Like, they just make the job. I don't think you appreciate exactly what I'm getting at. Has anyone got... See, all right. So these guys left... With their furniture sliders, we gave a couple, quick couple of bits of furniture, get back the piano and all this. Oh, fortunately, I had Luke oh, and Keelan. Thanks, Keelan, but Luke, just a little bigger. Oh, and the missus. Sorry. Thanks, darling. Yes, yes, you did also. I'm just talking about the, the grunt. All right, what, do you want to have an arm wrestle with your gym-bodied son there? Yeah, of course, he's a little stronger. So that was great, but when the guys left... I thought, I'm going to Bunnings, man, and it's the best $18 I've ever spent. No, no, not spent, invested. And they come in a lovely beige. They are going straight to the pool room with a special cabinet. And if you're lucky, honestly, if you want to move furniture, I will come with my furniture sliders. I will help you. And you will appreciate... Amazing. The number of lifted heavy, it's often not the weight. You know, it's the way the weight is to spread on that cabinet. And you do it with thongs and, ah, you drop it on your toe and it's heavy. And you, the furniture slot, yeah, they just glide that big piano, whatever, across the room. They're just, they're just awesome. Have I said enough? I don't know if I have. I don't. My point is, and there is a point, is that there's always something new to learn. There is always something in life that you can 
get a hold of, that you can discover that something is useful, something waiting for you to catch a hold of so that you can do life better, even if it is just moving the furniture. But of course, the principle applies to some more important areas of our life, life, which incidentally, Proverbs 1.5, I think Kath might show for you. Thank you. Look, right at the beginning of this book, it says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. So assuming you are humble and you have a teachable attitude, there's no limit to what you can learn. You can keep learning new things to live your life better. You can be wise enough to gain new wisdom, fresh ideas, new understanding, breakthrough in some new area of knowledge. And so God provides for us this way of wisdom in life so that we can, we can have a lifestyle of ever-increasing wisdom, the opportunity to always make a fresh start, to learn from God's Word, from others' words, from our own past mistakes and experience, and then we can look to the future with God's help, leaving the past behind and move forward making good decisions, which, let's face it, is really what wisdom is all about, you know, applying knowledge to make good decisions. And so I think this is a great series to do at the beginning of the year because this is a great time to think, where am I at? Where am I going? Am I, you know, how am I tracking in life? What directions should I take? Or what corrections or decisions that I should make so that I'm getting on the right pathway in life, so that I'm finding and following what God's best is for me? And that can apply and, and does apply to each one of us. And when you look at this book, it's just amazing how... Many practical, profound proverbs there are for so many different parts of everyday living, from parenting to getting on with other people to sexual purity to character growth, your work ethic, your financial management, learning from other people. But having said all that, today I'm going to look at one issue, one main truth that underlines all the others, that provides a foundation Um, for all the other truths and practical things we can learn in this book. And and this truth is found in just two verses near the beginning of the book in um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. Now, some of you may recognise, even as I say that, those verses might be memory verses for you because they're well-known and wonderful with a great promise at the end. And it says, and we're reading from the New King James, Trust in the Lord. Everyone say, trust in the Lord. Come on, if we said nothing else today and we did nothing else for the rest of our lives, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That is great theology in that cute little phrase from that old song right there. That's the, the essence of living a great life, just trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So notice there's three things that we're instructed to do and then God promises to do one amazing thing as a result. So the three things we're called to do, trust in the Lord, don't lean on your own understanding, acknowledge him. In every part of your life, in all your ways. Well, let's look at each of these a little closer because they're similar. They're all connected, but each is slightly different. And that's reflected, obviously, in the original language that Solomon wrote it in. 
which is Hebrew. So when you look at that phrase, trust in the Lord, or Jehovah is the Hebrew word they used there for the Lord. But the word they used for trust, we translate it trust, but it can also be translated confidence, security, or boldness, which I think is fantastic because that's where trust leads you. That's part of trusting. If you know, little kids who trust in dad, looking after them, are secure, holding onto mum's hand, crossing the road. They're confident. Little kids that are trusting in the, the good boundaries that should be in their life are bold to move within those boundaries. And you may have heard many years ago, they did a study at a school and they had kids not using the playground very well and holding back because there was a road and no fence and none of the kids used the oval and the playground. They put a fence along the, the boundary and the kids played so much better using all the space, but the way they played was different as well. So they didn't just sort of wander around near the fence line. They were bolder and more confident because they had safe boundaries to exert their energy and express themselves right up to. And that's a, that's a parable of life. That's, a, that's an analogy for how we operate best within boundaries. Freedom, the world says, is do whatever you like, whenever you like, and it gets in a lot of strife. All kinds of problems you see a result of people doing what they think was freedom. It's just anarchy. And then they think, oh, Christianity, God rules, old-fashioned Bible, man with a stick beating me on the head saying you can't do this, not do that. There's true freedom in Christ and there are rules that are, is associated with that. It's just called boundaries to live by. But anyway, um, so trust in the Lord and, and it's... Uh, you know, as I said, a wise person is going to begin their way of wisdom by putting their trust in God. And from that position, they're going to have confidence in life, a sense of boldness and security in their heart. Isn't that cool? And this is the single wisest thing you can do to put your trust in God, to believe in Jesus who was sent to save you from your sin and set you on the right pathway in life, to follow him, trust in him, Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the, the single smartest thing anyone can do with their life, to trust in God. And notice that this wise choice that we can make to trust God is made in our heart. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. So it's not just for the brainiacs. It's not just for the intellectuals. It's not something you, you know, wisdom doesn't start with your brain, your your intellect, your education, because we sort of think, oh, not very wise. Well, you may not be very educated, but I've met some highly educated dummies making bad decisions, even they got degrees as long as your arm. All the letters means nothing if you can't apply what you've learned. And I've met plenty of people who haven't had a great education. They tap into God and they're wise. They make great decisions. And so, you know, we can all apply this to our lives. We can all be wise. We can, I heard Eleanor's message uh, just from last week and she uh, locked onto this because she made the point that the, the true wisdom is more an issue of the heart than the head. And she said something about the fact that, you know, we can all learn to make good decisions and she's met people who are, who are smart and their life's all ordered and that's good and that's nothing wrong with that. It's great in an, on a natural level, but we can go to a supernatural level. You can go deeper in God, you can touch God, press into God, find the source of great wisdom, and then you can move 
in, in a supernatural way. It doesn't mean like it's spectacular, like some magic show, but in a quiet, calm way, you can be tapping in to the best brain in the universe. And uh, in fact, Byron, who preached the week before, I listened to his message as well, and he also talked about that and talked about calm and quiet. That's Byron, not so much in the pulpit, but often in conversation. And he, um, he talked about how with their work, they've got play- playgrounds they've got to build and they, um, they go in, he goes into a space and he says he stands there and waits on God. And he's, and he's given free reign. They've done a lot of good jobs. And so that people often just give him a job without quoting and figuring out the details. And say, there it is, make a big playground. And he's, and he's got God speaking to him about what to design. And, and away he goes and puts, you know, a rubber dolphin here and a playground here and there. And then, and then the mugs like Luke and, you know, they come along and they got to do all the, you know, hard yakka. Um, and speaking of Byron, we had a great example of this word of wisdom because it, let's, it's a spiritual gift in the New Testament. Um, when, you know, with this, and some of you know this story, you know, we, we got all the building done here, but we couldn't move in for church because of the road access issue. We couldn't get an occupation certificate to say, yes, you may hold your church services here because the RTA and the council had said on the plans and the DA conditions, that we had to build a median strip on the road out there. And Dale had done an amazing job as our project manager and was always on the phone working away. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars that we didn't have. We'd run out of money. And it was like, oh, great, we're caught. You know, we've got everything finished. We want to have church services. Eh, We can't get this road built. And and we knew that one day they were going to redo the road anyway. So we said, can we have an interim occupancy certificate? Because we know you've got plans to redo the road. No. And Byron sat in a board meeting one day. And do you remember this? And Simon and Dale and I and, and, and the, most of the ladies, I think, were on the same page as well, going, all right, we're nutting this out. And, and uh, you know, what are we going to do? And how do we approach this and all that? And then Byron just quietly said, I don't think we're going to have to build that meeting strip. And, uh, and we kind of stopped. And looked at him and was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But, but anyway, the council says we have to. So, look, you know, we don't want to say you're just still a hippie and it comes out every now and then, Byron, and get your act together and what's your problem. And, I mean, we know we can't say, what have you been smoking? I mean, that's a long time ago. But, you know, you wonder, is it just residual effect? I don't know. You know, you just, it just comes in your Sarah, come on. He's not here. I can get away with it. Um, can you take that off the tape? Um, but, you know, we did, Simon, admit, come on, you thought that, didn't you? You just, yeah, like we're, we're thinking, Simon's got the numbers, he's like, no, no, we've got to borrow the money, we're going to have to do this, crap. we've got to get over the line, we're going to borrow a heap of money, and uh, I don't think we're going to have to borrow and, uh, and then not long after, Dale's on the phone, he gets put from the RTA, he gets put from one department to another department, for somebody he's talking to someone in Newcastle, and they say, why are you building a meeting strip? And Dale's saying, well, because you guys say we have to. And she goes, oh, no, I don't think you need to. Da, da, da. So long story short, we ended up not having to do the meeting strip that was going to be 200 and something thousand dollars. Bit of road work out the front, driveway, I think, bam, we got in. And there was a word from God Byron was just tapping into. And, you know, there's something there for all of us. We can, we can trust, in, trust in God with all our heart and... 
that flows in and it flows to the next thought, which is don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, lean ultimately not on yourself but on God. Don't depend just on what you know because let's face it, we tend to do that. We, you know, we all know something, we all think we know something but God knows more and others often know more. And so if you're going to learn from God, we've got to be humble enough to not just rely on what we know, but on what he knows. And, and you know, there's a real challenge in this area because, um, you know, we just don't naturally want to consider sometimes other sources of information. We think, all right, God, yes, the Bible, I get that. But sometimes that source of information that you need is sitting right in front of you because God speaks through other people, you know? And uh, in fact, Proverbs 10 of 11 says, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. So there's a fountain of wisdom around bubbling up right near you, but you've got to be able to open up to drink from it, tap in. Because we all love to talk, we all love to have our say, but you know we've been given twice as many ears as mouths for a reason. And, and so we need to just employ listening a little more. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who launches into a subject that you know all about, but they're rambling on without even knowing or realising that you know anything about that subject? You ever sat there? I'm sure you have. And you're just thinking, hang on a minute. Not only do they not know about this, I know all about this. They don't seem to know or care. And they're just going on and on and on. I had an incredible example of this that I've never forgotten. It happened over 20 years ago when we were living in Russia as missionaries. Ruth knows what I'm about to say. She wasn't there, but I told her. I remember coming home. And um, I met this minister visiting from another country. And I won't say what country he came from um, because the story is really a slight on, <laughs> on the camera. Look, it's no, all right, just on him. But some could say it's typical. Anyway, um, anyway, this guy came from, he wasn't Australian, okay? Let's just say that. So we're living in Russia, right? And uh, I met this guy and we organised to have breakfast at his hotel. And I'd been living there for more than a year. He'd been there for about 48 hours. And he proceeded to tell me all about Russia, the way things were, what the people were like, what God was doing in Russia. And I'm thinking, really? Wow. But I, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm embedded in a church that, you know, it's got like a thousand people. It's growing. It's impacting the city. We're effectively assistant pastors. We've got these great interpreters. We're tapping into the community. We know all, we're learning all this stuff and you don't seem to care or know or be interested. And it got worse because then he started talking about Australia. And um, he knew I was from Australia, but he proceeded to tell me all about Australia. And I remember just thinking, wow. I, I just kind of remember sort of, like, sort of putting on a brave, you know, friendly face and kind of just switching off thinking... I don't think we're going to be friends. I mean, I don't want to call you an idiot because I guess that would be, you know, impolite. And I know the Bible says I shouldn't say that. I'm thinking it, but I'm not going to say it. I'm just smiling. I think I'm going to enjoy my breakfast. I hope he paid. I can't remember. But, you know, I just remember thinking, wow, listen to you. Listen to you. And, and uh, you know, he's going on. And I remember praying silently right there, God, I don't care how good a preacher this guy guy is or how good his ministry is, which he had actually, by the way, told me a fair bit about. Um, I remember just praying, God, never let me be like this, you know. So um, let's be people who ask and listen and learn 
yeah? And not just lean on what you already know. Because let's face it, if you're leaning on something, you can't go forward. You're staying still. So you just, you know, don't just stay. I've been to school. I know. You know, there's, just a, there's something in us that says, I, I learned. I've learned enough. I don't want to keep learning. No, that's a bad attitude. So, you know, we, we want to keep learning and growing. And, and, uh, and of course, that relates to the whole issue of, of taking correction from other people, which is worth doing a study on. I'll just mention one verse. There's a lot of Proverbs that say this. Uh, one verse, uh, Proverbs 10, verse 17. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. And as I said, many other Proverbs say the same kind of thing. So be smart and learn from other people, even not everybody, but the right people. You allow them to kind of clip you over the head a little sometimes and, and take some correction. It's not very pleasant, but it's helpful. And so this is part of the way of wisdom, the pathway of wisdom. And then the third one, notice it says, acknowledge him in all your ways. The, the New Living Tra- Translation says, seek his will in all you do, which captures the thought well, but the Hebrew word is, is best, most accurately translated, ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And that word ways can be translated road or journey or a course that you take. So we are moving forward on our journey. And, and then the word that they use for acknowledge has also been translated in other parts of the Old Testament as to know. To, to know God in every part of your life, in all your ways. In the, so in other words, at every junction in the journey of your life, at every decision-making point to determine a, a, a course of action, we should know and acknowledge God in relation to that area, every part of our life. And we can. We can know his ways. We can know his will. And we can catch his heart and his, his plan for us, which is fantastic. Um, so the, the uh, you know, wisdom, as we know, is it's decision-making, not just the accumulation of knowledge. And God uh, helps us. It's just incredible that he's offering this assistance. And, um, and of course, that leads to the, the great promise here. Ignore your way. Do those three things. Trust in him. Don't lean on his own understanding. Acknowledge God in every area of your life, in all your ways. And then he will direct your paths, or he will make your paths straight, or he will show you which path to take. And so there's an interplay here between us and God, between what we need to do, but how God moves in our life. Because we've got responsibility for our own you know, decisions, but at the same time, God's there and he comes and leads us. And you can do it all on your own, but you're smarter off saying, no, no, I'll, I'll be responsible, but I'll also be submitted. And so we use our initiative, but we still recognise and benefit from God's incredible wisdom, from his sovereignty and his power. And, uh, and so we live with this understanding that God is God, and through my obedience to him, I'm going to position myself to receive from him. Sometimes a divine word of wisdom, sometimes a change in circumstances, might not even be what I like or what I want, what I was planning in the short term, but I trust God. It's going to work out. And so we decide and we trust. We act and we rest and we, we move, but at the same time we are still, like the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. 
And so there's the attention that we've got to hold all the time. And, um, and when you read on from these verses, you see this happening. When you read verses 8 and 9, it talks about um, fearing God. And as a result, the hand of God comes to bring health and healing on our life. But that doesn't happen for everybody. It's people who are fearing God, following God. And then in 8 and 9, there's that famous passage that says, um, uh, we should honour God with our tithe, with our first fruits. So that's what we do. And then it talks about the blessing of God coming so that we're prospered and there's an abundance in our financial world. And so we are always working with our natural wisdom, our decisions, but also God's power and his touch and grace on our lives. And so come on, trust in the Lord. Today, this week, this year, 2018, with all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in every area of your life and he is going to direct you. He's going to bless you. Amen? Come on, let's pray into that as we come to a close today. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.